Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Come on, boy, boy, can you get it up? Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us. Happy New Year to you and yours. I hope 2011 is the best year yet for all of you out there listening. It is the top 20 sports business radio stories of the year 2010. We counted down stories 20 through 11 on last week's show. You can catch that on podcast on demand. This week, we count down the 10 biggest stories of the year 2010. Some epic stories this year, Griggs. Anytime you have World Cup Olympics that are taking place in the same year. We had some athletes find themselves in very difficult situations. Uh, We had some other athletes that were on center stage. Those are all part of our top 10 list this year, and we're going to count them down in moments. Yeah, there's nothing short of uh, goodness in the next uh, hour because, yeah, there's just all kinds of stuff. The good, the bad, the ugly is all coming out in this top 10. And we compiled this list from our crack staff here at Sports Business Radio, but we also took the input of you, the listener, via Twitter, at SB Radio, uh, via our website. So lots of ways this list was compiled. At the end of the day, we put the list in the order we felt uh, was most proper. And uh, if you disagree with me, send me a note, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Always love to get feedback from our listeners out there. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter, at SB Radio. You can get us on demand anytime if you don't catch us live on the radio. We podcast every show. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com, click on the podcast page, or click on the iTunes link. We're on iTunes. All right, coming up next, the top 10 sports business stories of the year 2010. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. Happy holidays from Sports Business Radio. More of our countdown of the top 20 sports business stories of the year coming up next. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. 
back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. We're back, and the 10th biggest story of the year 2010, Brett Favre. He's always on the list, isn't he? He retires. He unretires. Teammates get on a plane. They go to his house in Mississippi. They get him on the plane. He comes to camp with just a few weeks left before the season. But things were different this year, Griggs. A few things. Number one, the Vikings, who many people predicted might go to the Super Bowl, might improve upon last year's performance when they made it all the way to the NFC Championship and they lost to the New Orleans Saints, they have been putrid this year have not even come close to living up to expectations. And then Favre has had personal scandal of his own. Sexting with a former Jets reporter, Jen Sturger. That has made embarrassing headlines where I guess uh, we won't go into details. You probably know about it, but let's just say that uh, lewd pictures were allegedly sent from Brett Favre to Jen Sturger. And because of that, one of Brett Favre's main sponsors, Wrangler, they scaled back on their ad campaign with Brett Favre. So we told you last week how Gilbert Arenas, he lost Adidas as a sponsor, how Ben Roethlisberger lost PLB Sports as a sponsor, while Brett Favre had his image take a hit. But it's just one of those things, Griggs, You know, this is a perfect example of you don't know when to say when. And Brett Favre had one of his best seasons he's ever had last year. He could have wound up on a good note. And, you know, whether it was Michael Jordan coming back for a stint with the Wizards or Favre coming back for one last gasp with the Vikings, it's just, it makes me sad when these guys can't leave on top and they still need the the spotlight, and they come back. And then Favre played like an old man this year and had embarrassing headlines. It, it all wound up as our 10th biggest story of the year. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things where, yeah, you feel you kind of feel bad for Favre because it's such a, a you know, Super Bowl-type year last year, and then coming in this year, and it just was just not right from the beginning. And then you're seeing it trickle down into the, you know, the whole Vikings organization. It's just a mess right now. I mean, it's just disaster out there. Yeah, Brad Childress, the coach, was fired. Uh, Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, has been named the interim coach. Randy Moss was there for a very short stint. The Vikings gave up a high draft pick to get him, only to trade him or waive him outright uh, a few weeks later. Uh, it's been an embarrassing year for the Vikings, capped off with the collapse of their roof. And as we talked on our show a few weeks ago, you know who knows what the future holds for the Minnesota Vikings. Everyone knows L.A., Three organizations, three groups want to bring a team to L.A., bring NFL back to L.A. Could it be the Vikings? We will see. Brett Favre says this is his last year, but will we really believe it until we see it? Probably not. But I would say that Brett Favre has certainly tainted his legacy. There were already people that were kind of sick and tired of Brett Favre because of his waffling and back and forth and uh, just couldn't make a decision. But... I think this year with the sexting scandal and uh, the way that this year has gone has just left a bad taste in the mouth of many fans who still were Brett Favre fans. Our ninth biggest story of the year, 2010. Jimmy Johnson wins his fifth straight sprint 
Cup championship. Griggs, the amazing thing about this is Jimmy Johnson could walk down the street of most any American city and go unrecognized. This guy is an icon. I mean, imagine if any team or if an individual won five championships in a row. A Roger Federer wins five Wimbledons in a row. A Tiger Woods wins five Masters in a row or five Player of the Years. In a row. I mean, Jimmy Johnson has been as dominant in his sport as any athlete in the last 20, 25 years. And uh, it was remarkable to see him really come from out of nowhere this year to win this Sprint Cup championship. Yeah, he's an exciting uh, athlete to, to watch. And, you know, I wonder if sometimes those NASCAR guys aren't recognized because they're in a cage, basically, for their sport. You know, you don't see them because they're so, you know, covered in stuff. I mean, because like you're saying, I mean, I probably, I mean, who knows if I'd know half the guys that do NASCAR walking down the street, they walk past me. But, you know, Kobe walks by, you know who it is. But, uh, yeah, exciting, exciting athlete. And uh, I'm not a big NASCAR guy, but he is fun to watch how he can maneuver all the way up to that front spot on those final laps. Pretty, pretty impressive. And he seems to just, you know, he's always in the mix somewhere at the end of the year. And even if it's like this year where he wasn't uh, the guy that you had your money on, you know, the guy's done it five times now. How can you bet against him? So Jimmy Johnson winning his fifth straight Sprint Cup championship is our ninth biggest story of the year. It's going to be interesting to see where NASCAR goes in 2011, Griggs. Their TV ratings have declined. The popularity of the sport has declined. And, you know, I don't know that it's been necessarily good for NASCAR that he's won five straight championships. Dale Jr. continues to have his problems. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we know how the economy has hit some of the the car providers and... um, you know, it's impacted NASCAR, and it's not been a great last few years for NASCAR. So what will 2011 hold? That will be a story that we'll certainly be watching. Our eighth biggest story of the year, 2010, the San Francisco Giants win the World Series. Griggs, I wouldn't say this was a complete shock because the Giants had a really good pitching staff led by Tim Lincecum, but the hitters... When you're led by you know Aubrey Huff and uh, an aging Edgar Renteria and and people like that, uh, Cody Ross, who was basically an outcast by the Florida Marlins. I mean, these guys came up big for the Giants in the playoffs. They beat the heavily favored Philadelphia Phillies and uh, in the NLCS, and they beat the Rangers in the World Series, and they really played well when it counted. They had the ninth highest payroll in Major League Baseball, so they weren't in the stratosphere of the Yankees and the Red Sox, who were spending twice as much money as they did. They spent $98 million on payroll, and if you eliminate Barry Zito's salary, he's you know his contract is worth $120 million, that payroll goes down even more. Uh, you got Tim Lincecum making $9 million, which, you know, hey, I'll take $9 million. But by Major League Baseball pitcher standards, I mean, look at what CC Sabathia makes. Look at what Cliff Lee makes. He's making chump change, and he was dominant in the postseason. Yeah, and I think this is a series where I just felt like momentum was with, with the Giants. I mean, the city was around them, the crowd was into them, and it just felt like they were just feeding off that every game they played. It just, it just seemed like they had the edge the whole time. You just knew they were going to pull it out, and I don't know if it was just how it, the mesh went, but it, the city seemed to be behind it, the crowd was into it. It just felt like they were going to take it from the beginning. It was fun to watch. I mean, San Francisco has not won the World Series before. 
Uh, and it was great to see them do it. A lot of the giants from the past came, and they were around the team, including Barry Bonds. And uh, it, it was neat to see for that organization for them to win it. And you know, you had guys like Tim Lincecum who who really arrived on the scene and showed that they are performers on the big stage. Uh, and you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Phillies this year. I would love to see a Phillies Giants matchup again in the playoffs because. We all know the Phillies have reloaded, and they've got Cliff Lee now. They've got arguably the best pitching staff in baseball, but I still think that San Francisco's pitching staff pretty darn good, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Major League Baseball season shakes out. But the Giants winning the World Series, that's our eighth biggest story of the year, 2010. Coming up next, we're going to continue our countdown of the top 10 Sports Business Radio Stories of the Year 2010. Happy New Year. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. We're counting down the top 20 sports business stories of the year. The show continues after this. Everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the high, happiest season. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call, it's the high, happy season of all. There'll be parties for hosting marshmallows, for toasting and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We're back and we're continuing our countdown of the top 20 stories of the year 2010 sports business stories. We're at number seven, the renaissance of Michael Vick. It's been nothing short of a movie. Griggs. I mean, Michael Vick was a guy who was one of the highest paid players in the NFL a few years ago when he was with the Falcons. $130 million contract. He had endorsement deals with Nike, with Coke. He was one of the most exciting players in the league, and really on that Mount Rushmore of players with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. But we all know his problems with the dogfighting. He went to prison. A lot of people go to prison And they're never the same afterwards as far as physical condition. He comes out of prison, 
gets his shot with the Eagles. He was a backup last year. He was a backup at the beginning of this season. And then Kevin Cobb gets hurt. Michael Vick comes in. And Griggs, he is playing at an MVP-type level. He's rolling up his sleeves in the community, doing the right thing, speaking out against dogfighting. It's really a remarkable story. Now, the guy's still about $20 million in debt. He owes creditors about that amount. So, you know, that's a problem for him, but he's in line for a big payday, either with the Eagles or with someone else. Yeah, it's, it's a cool story. I mean, not only is he playing amazingly, but, you know, he just he, he looks different. He seems different. You can tell something has clicked, I think, in his mind. That it's like, okay, I'm growing up. I know what to do now to be successful and be, you know, legal at the same time. So it's exciting to see him play well. And like you said, getting in the community, still got some debt issues, but that's going to come because of his, uh, you know, what he's showing on the field. It was interesting. I, I heard an interview with Andy Reid, the coach of the Eagles, and he said, you know, Mike Vick realizes there's rules now. Not only off the field of play, but on the field of play. And the Eagles organization has held him accountable. And I think it's the first time in his life that he's been held accountable, but he's needed that. And he's made mistakes. He's learned from his mistakes. You know, look, are we going to be shocked in 2011 if we read a headline that Michael Vick had a misstep off the football field? Probably not. There's not much that shocks most of us anymore. But he seems to be contrite. He seems to be doing the right thing. And I'll tell you this, you know, as of this moment, he's got the Eagles playing really good football. And, uh, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if this guy is in the top two or three of the MVP voting or even wins the MVP? And furthermore, if he takes the Eagles far into the playoffs. And uh, as I've been saying, I'd love to see an Eagles-Falcons matchup in the playoffs Vic playing against his old team. That would be fun to watch. All right, our sixth biggest story of the year 2010. Cam Newton. This was a story that really dominated the middle part and latter parts of the college football season. And there are several reasons why this was such a big story. Cam Newton, far and away the best player in college football this year at Auburn. He ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. But Griggs, the thing that was interesting here is because of this ongoing investigation, there was a lot of doubt in the minds of voters. Is this going to be another Reggie Bush? If we vote for this guy for the Heisman Trophy, is there a chance the Heisman Trust is going to take it away? The other thing, and it's even a bigger story, is is Auburn going to be put on probation? Is there going to be some sort of penalty levied against them that prevents them from playing in the national championship game? Because they went through the season undefeated. So you've got a top-ranked team here with the best player in the country being investigated. It was a big story. But the biggest story of all with this, frankly, was the ruling by the NCAA. Because the NCAA said Cam Newton committed no crimes here because the conversations that took place about payments were only between his father and the schools and the boosters that Cam Newton had no knowledge of this. Now, what this basically said, Griggs, is if Reggie Bush, who had the Heisman stripped This year, first time ever Heisman Trophy taken away from a player. USC gets put on probation for two years. If Reggie Bush had said, 
I had no knowledge of this. This was conversations my parents had or my coaches had. I had absolutely no knowledge of it. Maybe Bush doesn't lose his Heisman. Maybe USC doesn't go on probation. I think the NCAA has absolutely opened up Pandora's box with this one. Because now, if you're an athlete, you just say, look, I didn't know my parent was talking to that booster. I didn't know that my AAU coach was talking to that person. It's an alibi that many athletes are going to use going forward. Big box they opened up, I think. I agree with you 100% because now you've got, okay, wait, I can do this and get away with it kind of thing. Uh, something that impressed me, though, about Cam this this season is how well he played on the field. I mean, this guy, you know, it's a pretty young kid out there, uh, you know, with all the pressure of the Heisman and everything, all this stuff going on behind the scenes, and he's going out there and winning games big time. I mean, putting up numbers like crazy. It's That's pretty impressive, I think. No, I do, too. I mean, it was kind of like, uh, you know, the field of play was the place where he could get away from all this controversy, and his team rallied around him, and, you know, we will see the BCS National Championship game coming up on January 10th. He's on that big stage, but uh, boy, this sure was a story that dominated the headlines. And when you have this story coming on the heels of the Reggie Bush story, which really broke this year and became finalized, not only again with the probation USC had, but also with Bush being stripped of his Heisman, uh, it was kind of like, oh boy. Is this going to be the same thing again? It wasn't, but I think the NCAA, they're going to have some uh, tough decisions to make in the future because of the way they ruled on this case. Our fifth biggest story of the year, 2010, the Winter Olympics in Vancouver. Now, one of the things from a business standpoint is the IOC basically covered the shortfall of the Vancouver Organizing Committee. And Griggs, we talked about this earlier in the year. That's going to open up Pandora's box. Because now, when you've got an Olympic organizing committee who says, you know what? We had a budget shortfall. We're going to lose money. We need your help, IOC, to cover this. Well, there are reports that the IOC covered $22 million of the shortfall. That's a lot of money. And you know that in the future, the other organizing committees are going to go, look, You covered Vancouver, you got to cover me too, and uh, that's not going to be an easy thing for the the IOC to do that time and time again if it comes up. Yeah, and I think it is going to come up again because I think uh, the Olympics seem to be kind of you know losing some money uh, as they as they continue to move forward. And I think it's only going to, like you said, it's it's Pandora's box all over again because hey, wait, you covered for them there, let's cover for for us here. It could it could get ugly. Now Vancouver did a really nice job hosting the Olympics. And, you know, other than the opening ceremony when they were trying to raise something from the floor and it never came up and you had, uh, you know, poor Steve Nash and Michael J. Fox and several other dignitaries that were waiting for something to come up through the floor, uh, they did a great job. We had the bobsledder that died. So that was tragedy that happened. And that happened in, in the first days of the Olympics, so that kind of marred things going forward. But all in all, from A to Z, pretty good. Good ratings on TV for NBC. Uh, NBC, you know, I don't know that they're going to be able to continue to put up the rights fees that they have for the Olympics. Maybe the biggest event of the Olympics was that gold medal game between the U.S. and Canada for hockey. 
North American viewers tuned into that game like they hadn't tuned into a hockey game since 1980, The Miracle on Ice. Yeah, that was great. And I was literally on the edge. I, I remember when I was sitting just on the edge of my, my bed and they're watching HD and uh, just loving that game, you know, and the Crosby coming down there. And, and it was just so much fun. And it felt, you know, I had that Olympic feel of the, the miracle type thing. And uh, very exciting for all of us over here in North America watching that game. Well, and Sean White, Lindsey Vaughn, some of the other big names that did well in the Olympics. Uh, so, you know, you always have your endorsement stars, uh, Apollo Anton Ono, and uh, some of those people that did well and, and got endorsements. And, um, you know, it was big. Again, anytime you have an Olympics, it's going to make the top 10 of the list. And that's the case this year with the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver. Our fourth biggest story of the year, 2010, the New Orleans Saints win the Super Bowl. This was such a feel-good story, Griggs. But from a business standpoint, 106 million viewers tuned in to watch this game became the most watched program of all time, surpassing the series finale of MASH. You had Drew Brees win the SI Sportsman of the Year Award. You know, this long-suffering city where they used to wear bags on their heads to Saints games, where Hurricane Katrina happened. It was really a festive feeling, and I think people around the country were rooting for the New Orleans Saints because of all the hardships that that city has had in the last several years. And it was a great story. Yeah, and I think, like you said, people, I think, were rooting as much for the team as, as much for the whole city because they knew if this was going to be a win for the Saints, the city's going to love it. It's going to be good for the city, the people that live there, good for the Ka- Katrina fallout, all that stuff. And, and it was. I mean, the stories that came out of there afterwards, you know, like you're saying, just the heart heartfelt stories of, of people and the athletes even that were on the team cool stuff, and it was really cool to see him win the the title. We had Mickey Loomis, the general manager of the Saints, on earlier in the year after they won the Super Bowl, and uh, you know what a gutsy call by Sean Payton and his staff to do the onside kick at the beginning of the second half, which really turned the tide in that game, and Drew Brees became a household name after that game, beat the great Peyton Manning, and uh, had the highest completion percentage of any quarterback in a Super Bowl, so it was really a great day for the Saints. And for that reason, they're the fourth biggest story of the year, 2010. Coming up next, our top three sports business radio stories of the year, 2010. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is SBR's top 20 sports business stories of the year. More of the countdown next. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is NBA Commissioner David Stern. I thought you did a wonderful job of handling the game ball situation. You listened to your players and the owners, and ultimately I thought you got it right. What did you learn from that experience? It probably pays to go the extra step to build a consensus, even though you don't think there's any other view that makes sense. My guest is Jack Nicholas. What are the main lessons the game of golf can teach us if we pay close enough attention? You develop relationships with people. 
I think you play 18 holes of golf with somebody. You get to know them pretty well. We're joined by Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the BCS. What we want is for the best two teams to play in the championship game. Beyond that, I'm not sure it's really fair to say what's good for the BCS or what or what's bad for the BCS. Follow us at sportsbusinessradio.com and on Twitter at SB Radio. This is Sports Business Radio. We're back and it's time to unveil our top three sports business radio stories of the year 2010. Let's start with number three. The World Cup in South Africa, won by Spain. This was big, Greg. South Africa did a fantastic job. There was lots of talk about would the venues be ready on time? Would there be security issues? But when it was all said and done, South Africa did a really nice job hosting the World Cup. Now, Spain won the World Cup in the finals between Spain and the Netherlands seen by 700 million people worldwide. 15.5 million people watched via uh, ABC here in the United States. So, you know, anytime you're talking about a global event like soccer or, you know, as we alluded to earlier in the show, the Olympics, you're talking about lots of TV viewers because it's a global audience. Yeah, and ESPN and ABC were pumping that up, you know, months and months before. I mean, the promo started way back, probably six months or more before. So people started getting the buzz going, you know, and, and sure enough, when it came time to watch it, everyone was watching it, and it was fun to watch. Well, and it was big for ESPN to have the World Cup. Lots of people were watching round the clock, and ESPN did a pretty solid job with the coverage, and, uh, you know, they had some of their highest ratings in the network's history by having those games on ESPN. The other thing that's big is anytime you have World Cup, you have uh, Adidas and you have Nike activating around that. So you saw campaigns and some pretty incredible commercials by both companies that were uh, in support of the efforts at the World Cup. Those were fun to watch. Now, later in the year, Russia was awarded the 2018 World Cup Cutter gets the World Cup in 2022. Really big upsets. A lot of people thought England might get the 2018 World Cup and the United States possibly, or even Australia, 2022. Cutter, smallest nation to host a World Cup. You know, 2022 is a long ways away. Lots could happen. But as it was awarded this year, 2018 to Russia, 2022 to Cutter. That's the third biggest story of the year, the World Cup in South Africa. The second biggest story of the year, NBA free agency, which the talk of the free agency this summer was none other than LeBron James. Going into the summer, it was interesting. The Cavs didn't do as well as many people thought. Some people thought LeBron James quit in one of those games in the playoff series against the Boston Celtics. There was a lot of people that were on the edge of their seats in Cleveland about LeBron staying in Cleveland. LeBron had people come to that hotel in downtown Cleveland and woo him. And then the decision on ESPN. And as we talked ad nauseum on this show this year, one of the worst decisions that an athlete has made. But Griggs, when it was all said and done, 10 million people tuned in to watch the decision on ESPN. Jim Gray, who did the interview, reportedly pocketed $500,000 for his role in the decision. And I think a lot of people just felt like they needed to take a shower 
after watching that on TV and going through that whole process. It was so corny. I mean, it felt like a bad uh, show on the Game Show Network. I mean, it's just like, you, know, <laughs> you need the or background. Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, the background bell, you know, and the, the music rolling. I mean, it just, it just felt so cheesy. And um, I was always wondering, did LeBron choose Jim Gray or was that uh, the network deciding? I wonder. Well, it, it, Jim Gray... Uh, it's a long story, but Jim Gray and uh, if you watch Entourage, Ari Gold, the real Ari Gold, got together and convinced LeBron and Maverick Carter that this is how you should do this announcement and you can give some money to the Boys and Girls Club. And that's what LeBron continues to fall back on. Look, many people said, and I'm one of them, I don't fault LeBron with leaving Cleveland for Miami. It's the way he did it, the way he stabbed Cleveland in the back. And, you know, LeBron's brand was hometown Ohio guy playing for the hometown team. Now he's one of the biggest villains in sports. We saw the Nike commercial that came out. What should I do? What should I do? And, you know, LeBron's image really took a hit this year. And wherever he goes, he's booed. And, and, you know, he's still a popular player. He's a fantastic player. But a lot of people were really turned off by the way he handled his business this summer. Now, the whole free agency period was very interesting. You saw Joe Johnson get a max contract with the Atlanta Hawks, $120 million. We all know Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James go to Miami. There was some big money handed out by the NBA this past summer, and that's why the players are saying, look, owners, if you're giving out this kind of money, how are you going to come to us and say that you're poor? It really was phenomenal to see just the year before the collective bargaining agreement expired the kind of money that was being handed out by the owners. And really the way LeBron James handled his business is now a blueprint for the likes of Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, and other major free agents who may hold their teams hostage in negotiations and say, look, if you don't trade me where I want to go, then you know I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And really the players now have LeBron's blueprint and they hold a lot of the cards. Yeah, and it's it's true you're saying that too. And I, you know, it's also a blueprint the other way where, hey, he went from one of the most loved athletes to kind of a villain. You know, so does a Chris Paul want to go? Same kind of guy. Awesome in the community. Cool guy. You know, he could do the same thing and screw his whole, you know, image up too. So I think it's a blueprint both ways for the athletes that are still out there right now. Do I go bad? Do I want to be a villain? Do I want to be a good guy still? I don't know. That is the number two story of the year 2010. The number one story of the year 2010. And and Brian, you know, it's one of the biggest stories that we've come across since we started this show nearly seven years ago. It's the fall of Tiger Woods. In late 2009, we all know what happened on Thanksgiving, and things spiraled downhill for Tiger Woods, and they really started to evolve in 2010. We saw Tiger Woods, who is by far the highest paid athlete in the history of sports. This is an athlete who makes well over $100 million a year when you count in prize money and you count in endorsements. He lost a lot of that money this year. First of all, Tiger was dropped by Accenture, Gatorade, Gillette, Tag Heuer. EA Sports reduced his role. Really, the only company that really hung in with Tiger, as they do with many athletes, Nike. Nike put out the commercial 
that many of you have seen with Tiger Woods and the voice of his late father, Earl Woods. But it was almost inconceivable how Tiger Woods went from family guy, this great champion, a brand that was so wonderful for the PGA Tour and for any sponsor that he came into contact with, to now people didn't want to be within a mile of him. And then the way he handled his PR, and if you've listened to this show, you know that when I'm not hosting this show, I'm a PR guy. I help people with strategies. His strategies were mind-boggling. I mean, when you're talking about 20 years from now, people are going to look back on 2010 and they're going to look at Tiger Woods and they're going to look at BP. And they're going to see how the PR issues were handled in crises by those two entities and they're going to be used in textbooks for years to come. We all remember the little State of the Union press conference that Tiger had, the first time we heard from Tiger, the blue drape that looked like a Saturday Night Live skit gone wrong. And then the camera went out, so we only saw the side angle. Tiger handpicked the media that were in the room. Then Tiger you know, did some select interviews with ESPN and the Golf Network. But maybe, Griggs, the most astonishing thing that we saw in connection with Tiger Woods this year, he didn't win a single event. Tiger Woods, who has been a dominant player on the PGA Tour, didn't win a single event. This is a guy who, again, you know, wins $10 million for FedEx bonuses, gets paid well over $100 million in endorsements. It was a disaster of a year for Tiger Woods, and to top it off, he got divorced, had reportedly enormous payouts in his divorce, and you know he showed some signs that he may be able to win again in 2010, but you know it was a disaster of 2010 for Tiger Woods. I'm sure he'll be happy to flip the calendar to 2011 and have a clean slate. I think so, man. I mean, it's like you said, it's stuff you just can't even fathom happening to, to one guy and how he did it. Like you're saying, a PR ni- nightmare and you know the loss of all of his endorsements. It's like every morning you wake up and turn on the TV, what's the next guy that's dropped him? You know, and it's just I can't imagine being him. I mean, what do you do? What do you? How do you wake up every day, knowing not even knowing? You know. What call are you going to get next? Oh, we're dropping you. You've done this. Your wife's leaving you. It's just terrible. What a disaster. And this story, because of the women involved and because of the sensational nature, it transcended the sports pages. And we talked about it at the end of 2009. You know, it's one thing if you're Michael Vick, you're Barry Bonds, you're Roger Clemens, and you're in trouble, you're in crises. But Tiger Woods' story was on, you know, Entertainment Tonight. It was in the tabloids. It was on TMZ. And because of the fact that this wasn't just a sports story, it really mushroomed. And it became bigger than life. And every single news cycle you saw there for months, Tiger Woods was the top story in that news cycle. Now, the interesting thing going forward is, A, Tiger's brand. Can he recover? He seems to be doing some things to try and repair his brand. He's on Twitter now. He's doing things in the community. Um, He needs to win golf tournaments. That's going to be one major step in repairing his image. Can he be a champion again? 
The other thing is the PGA Tour. They are hurting because Tiger Woods is not winning golf tournaments. When Tiger Woods is not in the final group of uh, a tournament on a Sunday, ratings plummet. Overall, PGA TV ratings down 20%. Why is this important? Because in 2012, just about a year from now, the PGA is going to be renegotiating their TV contract. And I'm telling you, if the numbers continue to trend downward like they did in 2010, because Tiger Woods was not playing at the end of tournaments, the PGA is going to have a really tough time getting a good TV deal, and that tour is going to continue to spiral downwards. I mean, Tiger Woods, as we've talked many times on this show, is as important to his sport as any athlete is to their sport in the world. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, I mean, when he is not there on Sunday, it's just a disaster for the PGA. And, you know, I mean, I'm a fan of golf, too, and I find myself not tuning in. If I know he's not in it or Phil's not in it, um, it's pretty much, you know, I'll just kind of catch it later, hit highlights later, because he is that big of a golfer and so exciting because we've seen him win so many amazing matches in the end of those, those 18 holes in that final day on Sunday. Last note on this, we talked about Accenture, Gatorade, Gillette, Tag Heuer, Dropping Tiger Woods. These are companies that had to scramble to create new ad campaigns. You had Accenture going through airports throughout the United States, ripping down their signage in those airports, having to replace those with the new ad campaign. These are major companies who align their brands with Tiger Woods' brand and had to part ways with him because of his scandal. Tiger Woods and his fall. That is the number one story of the year 2010. What are some stories that you should watch in 2011 in the world of sports business? We'll give you those coming up next. Happy holidays. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Happy holidays from Sports Business Radio. More of our countdown of the top 20 sports business stories of the year coming up next. Gone astray is the bluebird here to stay is a new bird he sings a love song as we go along walking in a winter wonderland in the meadow we can build a snowman this is brian berger host of sports business radio every championship team has one thing in common good coaching and i want to be your coach your media coach When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, we'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, We'll help you practice your new skills, and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. I want to give you five stories to keep your eye on in the year 2011. The NFL and the NBA collective bargaining negotiations. These are going to be big stories. They could be the top story of this year. Keep your eyes on those. I think there's going to be a work stoppage in the NBA. I think the NFL is going to find a way to get their collective bargaining agreement figured out. 
Tiger Woods, can he return to form? He did not win an event in the year 2010. Can he get back to his winning ways in 2011? Can he stay out of trouble? That's going to be a story to watch. This spring, Barry Bonds is going to be in a courtroom in San Francisco. This summer, Roger Clemens will be in a courtroom. Those are going to be two big trials that you're going to be watching. What happens to the Los Angeles Dodgers and the McCourts? How does that unfold? We know Frank McCourt is appealing to judge's ruling that said that he has to share custody of the team with his wife, Jamie. How does that play out? That's going to be a big story to watch in 2011. And the last story that I'll be keeping my eye on, will the NBA's Hornets leave New Orleans? There's a clause in their contract if they don't have certain attendance numbers They can leave. They've got to give notice by March 30th of 2011. So keep that date circled on your calendar. Those are five stories I'll be watching in the year 2011. Griggs, what are you going to have your eyes on? Um, Pretty much all the same ones. I think the trials are going to be the big ones. Roger Clemens' trial is going to be one that I will be glued to. And I think that's going to be something we're going to see in movies down the road and TV movies because it's such a huge story and it's such uh, something different than what most people have seen. You you don't see this in sports all the time. So I think that'll be a big one I'm going to be watching. Well, and I think when it's all said and done, if we're making bold predictions, I don't know if it'll happen in 2011, but when it's all said and done, I think Roger Clemens will go to prison. All right. I want to thank a lot of people, our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Jared Melzer, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harrison, Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, Kalkoff Bikes, and New School Media Coaching, a podcast reminder. You can catch this show or any of our shows on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com, click on the podcast page, or click on the iTunes icon. You can follow me on Twitter, at S. B Radio. We're on Facebook. You can find us via the Facebook icon on the homepage of sportsbusinessradio.com. Happy New Year to you. We will talk to you next week on Sports Business Radio for Brian Griggs. I'm Brian Berger. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you next week. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio.